And as you know, most of you know, I read through the Bible every year, and this man's name just must fly past me. I didn't realize that he actually does have a, a big part in it. But what I decided to do is keep reading through Ephesians this week and to get a grasp of what Paul does throughout the whole letter and what we've been learning through Pastor Dan. So I thought I'd just give a recap of what God showed me this week as I read through every chapter and what, if anyone is visiting, just to help them understand. Paul went on three mission journeys, and during one of these, he um, established local assemblies, and one of them was in Ephesus. He set up this church and got it going. And in this letter, Paul highlights the supremacy of Christ, gives information on both the nature of the church and how the church members should live, and stresses the unity of all believers. Really important as you read through Ephesians and think about what Pastor Dan has shared and how important it is for you to understand as a Christian believer how to live your life and the unity that we should have with one another as well. Through this book we see the word rich and riches appears numerous times and we inherit all this wealth of information by faith. As you're reading this, do you believe what Paul is saying? Do you think about starting to grasp it and apply it to your life? It made me think about what my sermon would be called and what I came to understand as I was reading through Ephesians and also the last part of it is being sent. And then I thought about to do what? What is Tychius being sent to do? And as more and more I studied what Paul's letters always do, He's teaching us to invest in people's lives. But we have to have the right way of living too. We have to understand what Christ expects of us. We should invest that wealth in our family and then into other people. We are privileged to see this wealth. And when we learn to understand its value, it should make us want to go out and share this. Have we lost touch of what Christ did on the cross? We lost touch what Paul has been through to write this letter. This man's in prison, is taking many lashes, many beatings, and he is still encouraging. He's still developing men to be sent out to his churches. He's still keeping the church alive from where he's at in prison. We see that we need to invest this wealth by spreading the word, to share and watch it multiply. Without this balance, our spiritual riches do us no good sitting with Pastor Jake these couple of weeks, and so many times he's talked about the balance. And so we, we're absorbing all this knowledge. And do we understand how valuable this knowledge is? It's valuable to invest in other people. God has us learning about Him, helping us understand how to live our lives so that we can go out and help others. I watched a... TV program this week, and it was on Mustangs, wild Mustangs being collected up, and they collect a hundred Mustangs, they get a hundred trainers, and they have a hundred days to train these wild Mustangs. It was totally different to the cowboy movies I watch. They didn't chuck a saddle on, get on that horse, and just ride it till it broke. They have a completely new method. They invest their time, their love, and their knowledge about the horse. They, they take their time. They look at this animal 
and they want to save its character, its nature, and they work with this, these horses. They have a hundred days to train these horses and bring them to Texas to show what this horse can do, what you have taught this horse to do. And it really stuck out how much time these people invested in these wild animals. Some of them got really frustrated and thought, this, is, this horse will never change. This is just a violent, angry horse. They would throw themselves into the railings and nearly hurt themselves. They would try and bite the trainers. They were wild and uncontrollable. But yet, these people started to love the horse they were given. They started to invest in it. They gave a lot of time into trying to help this horse understand what he wanted to do with it. And it's amazing. In a hundred days, they have these horses dancing, sidestepping. They walk between the four legs of the horse. They stand on the saddle and do back somersaults. Oh, it was incredible to see the final work in it. But you know, at the end of it, when they interviewed these trainers and said, are you ready to give this horse away now? Do you know, there was not one trainer that didn't cry. They had fallen in love with their horse. And you know, when you look around at people today, they look wild. They look untamed. They look scary. I was just sharing with someone in the foyer after the first service. I remember God put in our heart to go up to a person that was bigger than I was, was tattooed, had earrings. He was scary. And God asked me to go up to him. And I was as nervous and as scared as anything. Some of like these trainers were scared of these horses. But I decided I got to invest in this person. This is what God wants. And when we look at the churches of Jesus Christ, it's all about people. That was one of the key points that Pastor Jake taught me when I came to this church. He said, Wayne, it's all about the people. His people, God's people, of every race, nation, who love Christ and are committed to serving Him. Ephesians points out the immeasurable benefits of knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. So much teaching that we need to all keep applying to our daily lives so that others may see the light in us. Everything is in this book for us to learn how to live out our lives, to live a, a, a godly life that impacts others. But it does take time and it does mean that you've got to care. You've got to have a genuine, sincere love for one another. And when, God, when you're ready to ask God to show you who He wants you to work with, you have to be ready to love that person with all your heart. I came home the other day exhausted, overwhelmed. There's people I'd met that didn't know the Lord, didn't have a Bible, met people's lives that their marriages are messed up, their relationships are broken. It was just exhausting. And I sat down and Linda came over and said to me, Honey, you know what we need to do? is we need to invest in one person at a time. Here came this word again, invest. She said, let's pick a person each and let's pray and invest in these people's lives. And by doing that, we will see it multiply. I thought those were wise words from Linda. That is so true. If we invest in these in people with what we know and understand. We, have, we understand the value of the Scripture you can't not want to do this. And then it reminded me of a story. It's a real tongue-twisting story. I need you to really think about what I'm saying here and listen to the words. It's about four people. First person is called everybody. Second person is called somebody. And the other person is anybody. And the next one is nobody. Okay? 
So it says, there was an important job to be done and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it. But nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought that anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. Think about that. It's quite confusing. But are we all thinking that Wayne is going to share the gospel? Jamie's going to do it? Somebody's going to do it? Anybody can do it, but it doesn't actually get done. Are we passing opportunities in our daily life with the Word of God to be shared? It's so important to realize the time in this. One of the most powerful ways we can invest in people is through prayer. Look at Paul all the time talking about prayer. Pray without ceasing. Pray always. And a few months back in Sunday school class, Loretta Johnson came in and gave me a DVD. And it was on a preacher called Jim Cimbala from Brooklyn Tabernacle. So I watched this preacher and he shared a story of a time when, in his church that the Lord put on his heart this verse from Matthew 21, verse 13. It says, My house shall be called a house of prayer. And since that day, God has been working on my heart about our house, Monument Bible Church, should become a house of prayer. How powerful is prayer? Very powerful. How many of us are praying with a sincere heart and genuine focus? Not many of us. We have this beautiful building. Is it really utilized for prayer time? So as the months have gone by and thinking about it and asking God to show me more and that, I came and told Pastor Dan that I think the Lord is putting on my heart to make this house a house of prayer. But I don't know how to do it, how it comes about. And I told him it was through this Jim Cimbala video I watched. And he said, oh, he wrote a book, Fresh Wind and Fire. And he looked around his library, he couldn't find it. And I said, well, when you find it, I'd love to read it. The very next morning, I'm finishing up my quiet time in my office and I look up and on the middle of my shelf, I see this brightly colored turquoise blue book kind of sitting on the shelf there. And I thought, what is that? Leaned over and I pulled this book out. It's brand spanking new. Guess what it's called? Fresh Wind and Fire by Jim Cimbala. I thought Linda got it for me and I went over and asked her, did you get this book for me? No. I thought, oh my goodness. I started to read this man's story. Then from that morning, I went to class and opened up our notes in our book. And on the top page of page 8, it says, we're going to be looking at a man, man called Jim Cimbala of Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. I thought, oh my goodness, I can't get away from this story. So I've decided and I've started the last couple of weeks to meet on a Tuesday here to open this house as a house of prayer. And I want to encourage you to come. Come and pray. Bring others that need prayer. To just come and sit in here and pray, but also to come and listen to God yourselves. You sit in silence, be still before the Lord. I really hope that you would think about this and join me in this. Even in verse 18 of chapter 6, Paul is saying they pray, and through prayer we can change things when we seek God with all our heart. So let's have a look at these verses here as we uh, see how Paul concludes his letter in chapter 6, verse 24. Paul shows us the importance of sending faithful ministers 
in the Lord, to encourage others, to keep people informed about how the journey with the Lord is going. We have missionaries that we support through this church. We are responsible to encourage them, to be praying for them, to be involved in their lives. So look with me at verse 21. But that you also may know about my circumstances, how I'm doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother, the faithful minister in the Lord, will make everything known to you. But that you also may know. So there's some importance here that Paul wants them to know. And he keeps doing this. Now Paul opened these assemblies, these churches, and he is still involved in everybody's life and keeping these churches going. He never quits. He's developing faithful men to go, to be sent. And I've started to notice over the last few months here in this church that God is calling the qualified here and sending them. Faithful ministers in the Lord to do the work. That's a mighty work that this church is accomplishing. But it must be very important for Paul to send these men out to the churches that he assembled. Who is Tychicus? He's also mentioned in Acts 20 verse 4. I missed him there. Colossians 4 verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12. Titus chapter 3 verse 12. So he's just not planted in here. He is being with Paul throughout these other books too. I had to go back and look at how Paul described him there too. A faithful minister in the Lord. Tychicus was to encourage, it was an encouragement to Paul and also Paul is sending him to be an encouragement to the Ephesians too, to update them in the Lord's continual work in Paul's life. You know, when I share my stories with you and with others about how God works in my life, I see how it encourages you. I see how important it is. And that's why my class, Sunday school class, is experiencing and encountering God. We open that class with people sharing how they experienced and encountered God through the week. It's so important to help people realize that Christ is alive. He didn't die on the cross. He rose again. He's working through us in our lives. And do we share that with others? Do we encourage others? For instance, Joe and, and Beth Raw have been sent to Sylvania. They're going to be such an encouragement to that missionary family we support, the Wiedebergs. They're going to be investing in those missionaries, but also in the missionaries' work there, in those children's lives at the camp. Pastor Dan has gone to Kingdom Way Ministries, equipped and ready. Paul and Mary Erdman taking a step of faith and trusting the Lord and going out there to help people in Arizona, Phoenix. With all the years that God has poured into their lives, that He's ready, Mary's ready and equipped to go. Faithful servants of the Lord. But not only are we are sending church, we're also receiving church. Pastor Moses from Liberia. Have you spent time listening to his update on what God is doing in Liberia? When I was sitting with him the other day in the office here, I thought, wow, he could be like a Tychicus. Come here, I'm listening to his stories. And 96 churches he covers. He does an 11-hour bus ride. Sorry, a two-day bus ride and an 11-hour walk to one of the furthest churches. And you listen to how he's encouraging those pastors in those churches. Oh my, it's so rewarding. But he has been telling me how much he has been encouraged here, how much more he has learned, how much more he has been equipped through Monument Bible Church. 
And we're sending him back stronger and ready to fight the good fight. How do we fight the good fight? I was listening to Pastor Jake's sermon online last Sunday. And I look back at this verse here. It says, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Do we know the word of God enough that this is our sword? This is how we're going to fight our battles as we look at life today. So look at verse 22. It says, I have sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know about us and that he may comfort your hearts. What comfort would he be talking about? I'd like you to turn just further on in your book to the book of Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 2 and 3. So this man, Tychicus, is going out there and he's going to be telling them what's been taking place with Paul. What Paul's work has been like. What's, what he's been involved in. That their hearts may be encouraged, having been knitted together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding resulting in true knowledge of God's mystery that is in Christ himself, in whom all, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That their hearts may be encouraged. How many people are you encouraging through your daily walk with the Lord? You are all in the Lord if you accepted Jesus Christ. You have the scriptures right before you. And there, Paul, this is a necessity, obviously, to keep sending these men to encourage these churches, to encourage the leaders there, to encourage the congregation, and to make sure no false doctrine, no false teaching is coming into the church. Knit together in love, attaining to all the wealth that comes from full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery. What is that mystery? That is Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom, a wealth of information, a wealth that we should invest somewhere that it can multiply and grow. Look with me in um, verse 23. There's three spiritual qualities that Paul always mentions. Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace. I try to find how I could explain the word peace. I looked up in Romans 15 uh, chapter 15, verse 33. Now the God of peace be with you all. In 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. Love with faith. Galatians 5.6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith working through love. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 says, But since we are of the day... Let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Peace to the brothers and love with faith. They are both sources are in God. Paul is always encouraging, always reminding people of the importance of these words. And finally, verse 24, it says, Grace be with all you, 
with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. What is this grace that Paul keeps talking about? He started the book with the word grace. It's unmerited favor. To show grace, to extend favor to, or kindness to someone who doesn't deserve it and can never earn it. In no way is the recipient getting what he or she deserves. It is totally free. It is a gift. You will never be able to pay it back. God smiles on us because of His Son's death and resurrection. It's grace, amazing grace. Paul keeps emphasizing how important grace is in our lives. How important is it still to you? In the Net Bible, talks about this love as with an undying love. So if you have an undying love for Christ, how are you using that? How are you sharing that with others? In Ephesus, the Ephesians lost their first love. We're told that in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. God reminds John, they need to come back to their first love. Where is your first love now? How long have you been walking with the Lord? Do you still have that passion, that excitement, that brings glory to God? I was cycling the other morning and this uh, song came up on my iPod, The Eye of the Tiger, one of the Rocky movies. And uh, you know what happened to Rocky? He had the passion. He really had the passion to box and fight and he wins. But when what happened to him in the next series of the Rockies, he gets hammered because his passion turned to glory, turned to himself. He lost the eye of the tiger. He lost that, that hunger, that excitement, that passion. So as Christians today, do we have that passion, that passion that would bring glory to God in everything that we do and say? Do we still have the eye of the tiger inside of us? If we don't, we need to be reminded that God says, come back to your first love. You need to just take a look around America, take a look at the pews. Take a look a bit further to Europe from the time Jesus said, you need to come back to your first love. They didn't. So take a look at Europe. Listen to the missionaries. Read the missionaries' letters. It's dead. The churches are closed. They don't know what they believe in People that met me told me that when they saw me praying, you don't realize the Bible is the cause of all the wars in Europe? Religion. We have this limitless wealth at our disposal. We need to invest this wealth into people. Paul invests from the time he started. And he was the worst of the worst. He was a persecutor of the Christians. God got a hold of him. God got a hold of you. God got a hold of me. And I have been spending all my time studying and trying to figure this mystery of Christ out. And in the process of that, realizing the importance of what I do understand and how valuable that is to me, I need to give that to someone else. I need to invest it in someone. And there's what is the return for your investment? It's an eternal return. 
It's so worth it. It is hard. I meet with people, talk to people, and some of them listen, some of them don't. And I was getting chewed up. I was getting exhausted. But God kept bringing me back to this most important thing. It's through the power of prayer, trusting God, bringing it before God and praying, believing God can change it. And Paul says in chapter 4, verse 1 of Ephesians, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. So when I read something like that, I say to myself, all right, am I walking worthy to which I have been called? And bring it before the Lord and ask the Lord to point out, am I actually living a Christ-like life? Am I doing what you expect of me, what you called me to do? I cannot do anything without Christ in me. So I ask you the same thing. But Paul asks, are you walking worthy in the call that you have? And then as I thought about just those few verses and what I've been sharing, and I thought, there's somebody here today that does not understand what I'm speaking about, who does not understand how this all works and comes about. And inside they are stuck. They are struggling and understanding how to live this life, how to come right with God. They fear death. Some people I meet, that's one of the biggest fears. They live in this darkness. They don't feel loved. They don't think people actually care. So how do you get this right? And it brings me to this reminder that I have this gift for Jamie. I'd like to give him right now. There you go. You're welcome. What did Jamie have to do to take that gift from me? He just came up and received it. That's all. He took the gift. He received it. And that is what the Lord is saying. By His grace, He is giving you something you do not deserve. But you need to trust Him, you need to believe it, and you need to take it. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. And look what it says there. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. It is the gift from God. I remember sitting years and years ago in, the, in church pews with my mom. She loved the Lord and dragged me to church and always told me, this is what you've got to believe. This is what you've got to do. And I used to sit there sometimes wondering, so what do I say? How do I do this? And for me, I always encourage people to look at Romans chapter 9, verses 10 through 11. And it will help you. If you're sitting here today wondering, well, how do, what do I say to God? Listen to this. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with, this, for with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in me will not be disappointed. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you understand the value of his death on the cross? Do you understand grace? You didn't deserve. Jamie, 
took the gift. He received it. That's all you have to do if you're sitting here today wondering, how do I change my life? How do I live a better life? How do I accept Jesus Christ? You receive him. So I'd like to close on that with a prayer and prepare our hearts and minds for communion. If you bow your heads with me. Oh Lord, our God, I pray that all who are seated here today that may know you, that by your grace and mercy you would help them to understand the value of what your Son Jesus Christ has done on the cross for all mankind. For those that are here today that that do know you and that may have forgotten the true value of what they do know and understand, that you would set their hearts on fire and come back to their first love, that they may want to invest this wealth of knowledge, wealth of understanding who you are and what you did on the cross, to invest that into the lives of those who are so lost, so needy, so hoping for the truth to come a part of their lives. Allow us to see the, this investment multiplies to be an encouragement. And Lord, as we're reminded by Paul, how he sent men out to faithful men in the Lord to encourage others. Help us to remember how important that was to encourage other believers in their faith. And Lord, you also say in Zechariah, not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit. Says, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Lord, may we remember that it's your Holy Spirit that engulfs us, that enables us to do this. May we request this. May you show us the way that we may invest in the lives of people. In Jesus' name, amen.